Welcome to Canadian Music. I'm Dr. Rhea Beaumont, host and founder of the podcast. In this second episode from Series 1, we'll be discussing Canadian composer Barbara Pentland's news to mark its 50th anniversary. In addition to performing and recording a number of Pentland's compositions, I also wrote the book Composer Barbara Pentland, which examines her life and works. It was the result of extensive research and meetings with the composer at her home in Vancouver, British Columbia. She was very generous with her time and her information, which facilitated the project. I'd like to thank her posthumously. With all of the events occurring in the world today, the news is pretty intense, and there's no shortage of it with the global protests and the COVID-19 pandemic. But news is also the title of a composition by Canadian composer Barbara Pentland, which she describes as an anti-violence cantata. A cantata is a composition for voice and instrumental ensemble. This piece is for one singer, instrumental ensemble, and tape. Born in 1912 in the city of Winnipeg, in the province of Manitoba in the Canadian prairies, Penland's 70-year career spanned most of the 20th century. She passed away at age 88 at the beginning of the next century in February 2000. She's an important composer for many reasons, Her works are expertly crafted, and she also had to overcome tremendous discrimination as a female composer. It was in 1924, age 12, that Pentland had decided to become a professional composer, but her family strongly resisted because she was expected to adopt what was considered a traditional woman's role. The family's aim for her was to secure, in Pentland's words, a good marriage. She resisted. It was a challenging situation because there were no professional women composers writing in Canada during that period. Also, she said she couldn't hear the works being composed in Europe at that time. There was no access. But she persisted with composing and taught herself, studying piano scores of Beethoven and reading the Encyclopedia Britannica entries on musical form. She was allowed to take piano lessons and later became proficient enough to earn a diploma. Pentland commenced composition lessons when she was at boarding school in Montreal as a teenager. And then in France in 1929, she learned to write in the late romantic chromatic style of César Franck. In the late 1930s, she won a scholarship to the Juilliard School in New York City for graduate studies. She went on to the Tanglewood Music Center in Massachusetts during the summers of 1941 and 2, studying with Aaron Copeland and Paul Hindemith, where she adopted a neoclassical style. Copeland even attended the Toronto premiere of her Concerto for Piano and Strings years later in 1956. Like many 20th century composers, Penland was also influenced by Arnold Schoenberg's 12-tone or dodecaphonic system. For an explanation of the 12-tone system, you can listen to the first podcast episode or visit the website canadianmusicpodcast.com. In the mid-1950s, Pentland traveled to Europe where she heard many new works, including those by Anton Webern, performed at the ISCM, or the International Summer Course for New Music. She started to emulate his transparent, pointillistic texture and use of short motifs. However, by the 1960s, she'd adopted chance music, known as aleatoric music, where elements of the composition are left up to the performers within a set of parameters established by the composer. For example, a composer could provide the notes to be played, but not the rhythm, so it's left up to the musicians to improvise the rhythmic component of the section. 
Pentland had worked at the Royal Conservatory of Music in Toronto for a few years in the 1940s, but as there was no opportunity for career advancement, she moved to Vancouver in 1949, where she became a founding faculty member at the University of British Columbia's School of Music. She left the university after 14 years and became a freelance composer in Vancouver. She received many commissions from ensembles, individual musicians, and the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Pentland's music is eclectic, and it's performed frequently around the world, not just in Canada. Pentland is often categorized as a post-war serialist, but that description is not entirely accurate because it doesn't take into account the many compositional techniques that she incorporated into her works. My book, Composer Barbara Pentland, written in 2012, discusses in great detail the stylistic range of her works and also her knowledge of global issues. When I first met Pentland in her home in Vancouver, I was struck by her concern for humanity. She was deeply troubled by world events, and this concern appeared in many of her compositions. Pentland's work that we're looking at today, News, was completed in 1970, and it draws attention to the brutality of war, in particular the Vietnam War. During the 1960s in the United States, there were many protests against their nation's involvement. Daily news reports delivered vivid images of casualties into living rooms through colored televisions that had just been introduced to households in 1965. Reports relaying the horrors of this war were becoming a regular part of the news broadcasts, a deeply troubling issue that Pentland was unwilling to accept. Her piece is also against environmental pollution and racism, which are issues similar to those we're addressing today, 50 years later. She began writing the piece in 1968, about 11 years after the start of the Vietnam War, but the assassinations of Martin Luther King in April and Robert Kennedy in June of that year, followed by the Soviet-led invasion of Czechoslovakia, proved too much for Pentland, and she stopped writing the piece. She said in the program notes to News, I felt unable to continue. There's a limit to the horror one can express. When she resumed writing the composition about 18 months later, she used as its main lyrics the New York Times motto, All the News That's Fit to Print. It's treated as a scornful refrain in Pentland's work, though, because it's half-spoken, half-sung, and it's presented forwards and backwards, literally, so news becomes when. All the news that's fit becomes tiff stats when et la. The phrase is interrupted with laughter that's actually written out in the music score, ha 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 ha, and the word war is stated backwards as raw, followed by the French word for war, guerre. The piece is very intense. The work opens with a snare drum playing a military rhythm and a trumpet fanfare that's distorted, followed by this New York Times refrain. But something that's very subtle in this section is that when the text appears in reverse, so do the notes, so they create a mirror image or a palindrome. For example, the word news uses the first two pitches from the 12-tone row, 1 and 2. When it's sung in reverse as zwen, the notes also appear in reverse, 2, 1. It's an interesting idea that she develops in the composition, especially when she writes out the entire phrase. The lyrics in news include a compilation of excerpts from media reports from multiple newspapers, the New York Times, Manchester Guardian, Vancouver Sun, CBC, Boston Globe, Globe and Mail, Associated Press, and many others. 
The instrumental ensemble supports the text through word painting, especially on words like war, and there's a clever use of modern compositional techniques. For example, the ensemble has harsh, dissonant sections with extreme dynamics, mostly very loud, and unmeasured rhythms where the musicians improvise in aleatory zones. In this case, it's meant to evoke the sound of a battle. There's harsh tone clusters. A tone cluster is a group of adjacent notes that are played simultaneously, usually in contemporary music and often on the piano. She uses quarter tones, and these are the pitches in between the notes of a chromatic scale. You may remember in the last podcast episode, we discussed that a simple way to find the 12 notes of a chromatic scale is to play any 12 consecutive black and white notes on the piano. However, the piano doesn't have quarter tones, unless you have the piano tuner change the tuning for you, or you can insert objects between the strings to try to change the pitch, but that's not done very often. Wind and string players, though, can do it because they have control over the tuning of their instruments. In news, the singer and the voice on the pre-recorded tape enumerate a list of abominations from the war. Also included in the lyrics are quotations from an article written by African-American activist and author James Baldwin, who objected to the war and protested against racial discrimination. In Pentland's lyrics, civil liberties, human rights, basic freedom, democracy, she inserts the letter K in democracy to create the word mock, implying that democracy is not universal. So she's recognizing in 1968 the inequality that existed for black Americans these issues are still relevant today. By the end of the war, nearly three million Americans had served in Vietnam, and more than two million Vietnamese people from the North and South were missing or presumed dead. Penland continued composing for nearly another quarter century, and she incorporated references to current events in her music. She received honorary doctorates from the University of Manitoba in her hometown of Winnipeg, and from Simon Fraser University in Burnaby, British Columbia, near Vancouver. She was honored with Barbara Pentland Day on September 27, 1987. She received the Order of British Columbia and Canada's highest honor, the Order of Canada. Her health gradually deteriorated with the onset of Alzheimer's disease before she passed away at the start of the next millennium. For Pentland, composing had first provided her with a means of self-expression, and an escape from family tension, then a means of addressing and coping with world events. Pentland and others whose lives spanned the 20th century experienced incredible times, two world wars, the Korean War, Vietnam War, Cold War, the landing on the moon in 1969, the invention of television, internet, email, and so much more. These were major events and milestones for humankind. When listening to Pentland's news, we realize that a number of the issues that she incorporates are as current today as they were then. But history doesn't have to repeat itself. And hearing her music, hopefully we can learn a few things from it. Thanks, and stay tuned for Episode 3.